Madison's Alternative, 106.7 The Resistance. This week on the Disruptor Series, I'm joined by Bad Mary. Hello. 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 (laughs) We've got the whole band coming in from different areas. This is the good side of technology we've had. (laughs) We're able to all connect today. You guys are actually kind of like a big family. I mean, we say that with a lot of bands, but uh, actually more than usual, you are a family. Amanda, you're kind of at the center of this. How did that all start? Well, I was born. Um, <laughs> so um, <laughs> so Bill, our drummer, is my dad. Mike, our bass player, and also uh, provides vocals, is my husband. And What? surprise and david was my professor in college so some of that uh was true before we were a band some of that became true after we were a band but it's been a wild ride and i am so happy to have these three by my side in my life and as my family it's been amazing so how did it go from being like jamming with your dad to actually a full-on band with touring and albums and everything? So our band structure was a little bit different before my dad actually hopped on. So we started as a party cover band kind of at Hofstra University, which is the, the crux of where we all kind of connect uh, as, a, as a four foursome. And um, our grouping that had me, Mike, and David, David's always in it. It's a band that still exists to this day. But our year happened to all be staying on Long Island. So we wanted to continue. And um, through turn of events and whatnot, we had lost a couple members, um, our drummer being one of them. And I was kind of like, well, I know a guy, uh, he might be interested. Let me let me see if uh, he'd want to play with us. And he was down. And it's been a wild ride since then. We veered from covers, we started writing originals. And like you said, it went from just a fun party band to a full on original recording touring everything it's been incredible you guys also do live streams on twitch every week what kind of content can fans expect when they tune into that channel a lot of fun wackiness we try to keep it as close to our live show as possible so if you haven't seen us live head over to twitch and um it's we we try to keep that energy up and just good music good vibes great chat the live stream that we put on Twitch is like Amanda said, it's, it's very much um, about bringing the live performance into your living room or your cell phone or wherever you happen to watch on Twitch. But at the same time, because it's Twitch and because we have a whole bunch of other wacky tools, we can, there's emotes and there's stuff flying across the screen. And, you know, every now and again, there's a good old fashioned band argument. Um, (laughs) There's uh, (laughs) a, A whole bunch of stuff. You really get a view into what it's like, not only to see us perform, but almost like what it's like to kind of hang out. And we get to hang out with the folks on this live stream too. So even the people on the live stream can chat with each other, you know, via the text chat and we get to read all that stuff. David has come up with amazing graphics and emotes and all these things that kind of like break the screen and throw all this stuff in together. It's kind of like just, it's, it's a mishmash Saturday morning cartoon rock and roll punk rock band live stream that really has everything kind of what we're all about. You know, it's about, it's our personalities. It's, it's the band's personality. It's just like punchy wackiness that we kind of bring to everything that we do. And um, you know, you get to request songs, people request songs. We have a way of doing that. And then sometimes, you know, we do 
live stream, live show streams. And then we do our behind the scenes recording and writing streams where folks can jump on and actually see us work on new music and record stuff and kind of work on the whole, that whole thing behind the scenes. So it's, it's a little, it's a, it's a two pronged approach and it's been amazing. Uh, it's an amazing way to connect with our friends and people out there who want to watch us, but it's also a great way for us to kind of like keep our act together and continue to do it every week and come up with new ways of having fun and new ways of expanding what we're doing. So it's, it's been really great, especially with the whole pandemic, you know, um, it's been really great for us to be able to connect with people, but also for us to stay on our toes. I'd also say it's interesting because we like to basically do a live show, but it's a very, it's a very different dynamic, not better or worse, but different than the, the one thing that that people can do when they come watch us online, which you can't really do when you're watching us live is one request songs. Mm-hmm. But two is actually ask us questions, interact with us kind of like almost like on a one-on-one basis, right? Because we see what they're right. You know, they're all texting in basically on the on the chat. Whereas when we're playing live, it's like we can't literally talk to the audience when we're up there on stage. We do a little bit, but, you know, um, and then they can also talk to each other without going, what? What? <laughs> you know, so there's um, there's just a different energy. And like I said, it's not better or worse. It's just different every Tuesday. I, but it has, like Mike said, keeping it alive. It's like whether we have an actual gig or not, we get to play every single week, you know, which is which is awesome. Well, it seems like you guys are kind of letting people in a lot more than most bands would. Is there like a vulnerability with that? I just thought that when you mentioned about the live streams, how, you know, we kind of invite people into, I mean, we ask people to invite us into their living room. But in a sense, that that little cave downstairs where we're playing and we're inviting them all into that, you know, yeah, yeah, it's rare, but it's great. But I think it's cool is every time we get there, there's somebody home. Yeah. (laughs) You know, there's people there. That's a really good way to phrase it. We wrote our last album. We pretty much wrote live while we were streaming Um, The Return of Space Girl. We were working on a lot. So when we're working on material, it is definitely vulnerable because it's not perfect yet. You know, everything is still in the work through stages and at the ground level. So it took some time to get used to that. But ultimately, I think it's more freeing because it allows you space to create publicly. It's been very cool. It's been a process. Yeah, I think it did take us a little while to be like, uh, they're going to watch us write a song, you know, like, uh, you know, (laughs) and screw things up and not, you know, and all that. But yeah, (laughs) yeah, but it's, you know, it's like, that's fine. It's like you realize, oh, nobody thinks things come out perfect, you know, the first time, you know what I mean? And so it's fine. It's humbling. It doesn't have to always be the shiny side that they're seeing. Yeah. It's messy. Sometimes it's messy trying to, you know, figure yeah. out this rhythm or that chord or. But that's what makes it fun. Yeah. Yeah. And they get to see the song from inception essentially to release. So they see how it changes. They see if we add stuff, we take stuff away. Um, it's I think it's awesome. I, I love it. I love the chaos of it. A lot of people you know, kind of like these preconceived notions of what it's like to be in a band and um, being able to show people how we operate, right? Not everyone operates the same way as we do. This is how we operate. This is a taste of who we are. It also is appealing to people to know who we are as people, right? And that's very, that comes through very much through our live streams and and the vulnerability there because people want to, they want to be friendly with us as folks. And we want to be friendly with you as folks out there in the world. You know, it's not like, you know, we want to go to, we would love to go to a city and, and see people that have watched us on our live streams and interact with those people. So it's all about that as well. It's, it's all about this honesty about the whole thing. Very punk rock to just be out there (laughs) in your face and just doing it. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> brought up The Return of Space Girl, which was a punk rock space opera that was also a, had an award-winning animated movie that went along with it. Was that all part of this creative process um, that came through Twitch? Or is this something that maybe existed inside of you before the band even? It is kind of a long story. <laughs> Space Girl herself has been part of the band since like the beginning and since before it. You know, Mike, Mike tells that Space Girl was a, an idea, I think, even before Bad Mary was just as a character. But In the song, yeah. But I think, I mean, I think the, the creation of that, you know, as an idea, right? We, we had the song on our first album, Better Days, which is going to be 10 years old in February. So, ah. boy, boy, oh boy. You know, I had written a song called Space Girl uh, before Bam Mary was a band. And when we started writing original music, um, David and I were throwing ideas at each other because we were both working at Hofstra at the same time. So we'd meet on our lunch breaks and work on songs and stuff. I said I had a couple of ideas and David had a couple of ideas and we recorded Space Girl for better days. And then going into 2019, uh, David had actually said, hey, I think we should do a uh, concept album and I think it should be about Space Girl. So the inception was a song we had written. And I think not to just throw the question away to you, David, but I think the rest of the process, I think, you know, you have to kind of give us some of that clarity there. But it's one of those things where it's like, we kind of evolved it through the live streaming, like practicing and playing that stuff. We weren't on Twitch yet. And I think a lot of the stuff, David, that you learned for the movie, right, is stuff that we've applied to Twitch. Am I wrong on that? Am I right on that? Yeah, no, I, I did the video. The first animated thing that I like kind of flat animation thing that I did was the um, uh, Silent Night video, which I just took an illuminated manuscript and, and animated Mary and everybody to sing along with the song. And that was I did in Photoshop. And then when I when we did the next one, which was... Um, little drummer boy I actually did that in after effects and i learned a little more and then i had a sabbatical at work and i you tell them what you're going to do and i was going to write a book and then i was like i don't want to write a book <laughs> um, <laughs> so i i was kind of looking around for something else to do and i was like i really need to investigate this animation thing and things like that for theater projections and i was like well i don't have anything to really do and then i was like oh i could animate this album that we wrote you know, so that's basically where the movie came from. I didn't know. I honestly didn't know it was going to be as much work as it ended up being. You know, it kind of changed along the way. I had I, I have some really rough ideas, some stash away somewhere that haven't, you know, that look really strange compared to what ended up happening. But going back to the actual album itself, though, the music the we had some songs knocking around for a while, like iRobot. And Venetia Fair was an idea that I had, but I brought it up later. And then Space Girl and some other things that were kind of like, I was beginning to see this kind of futuristic, spacey theme going on. And I was like, I wonder how we could, we just throw this all on an album. It's all going to look like a theme, but not quite be a theme, especially if we write some other stuff. So I was, so that's when I went to Mike and I was like, I happened, I think I went on a long car trip and I listened to um, Time by ELO, which is an album from I think the early eighties. And it has kind of a beginning and an end. And the middle is kind of vague. You can kind of, if, you, if, you're, if you're dreaming a little bit, you can kind of make a story out of it, but it's not this really distinct story. And I said to Mike and Amanda, I was like, hey, listen to this or not. And, um, <laughs> but this is the way that it works. There's kind of a beginning and an end, but we can write whatever we want. So we weren't absolutely locked down to telling a story. And so that's kind of how the album is. It definitely has a beginning, definitely has an end. And then the songs kind of, 
go a little bit weird in the middle so that when I made the movie, I ha actually had to add some stuff in. I took a song out. I moved the songs around a little bit to try and actually make a little bit more of a thread. And some of the songs in the movie make absolutely sense with what's going on. And then other ones, it's more like a background for the action on screen because it was like, I just need to make something happen here that connects these two points, you know? I don't know. How long did the whole thing take from when we started the album to when the movie was finished? It was, all, I think it was like a year at least. Yeah. At least a year. Yeah. yeah, I think we started the album in late 2018. Yeah. Uh, and I think the... And that was on sabbatical uh, spring of 19. Yeah, and yeah. It, it released, the album released like right around my birthday in 2019. So that was November. Early November, yeah. 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 So, cause I remember David, we went to rehearsal one day and David um, was like, I want to show you guys something. And normally when he does that, it usually means there's a music video that was made without us knowing. <laughs> like uh, we have a video from Mars attacks, which is, you know, stop motion animation with figures that David created that he just did on a weekend, which is, it's a great video. You should check it out. It's really good. <laughs> and we went to band rehearsal and David starts showing us, you know, this footage he did, he, we have, we, I assumed at the time that he had done for like the first song on the return of space girl. And then as Amanda says, it just kept going. And then he was like, well, this is my project. So we had already had a few songs like written and recorded by the time we get to early 2019, um, or at least like rough tracks recorded. So yeah, that, that album must've started. We must've started working on that in late 2018. And then it came out by the end of 2019. And it was like a really cool moment for us. Cause it, it is now a thing that sometimes we'll do where we'll make a show. We'll have a show where we're just going to play the record. Um, and our fans really like that because they, they have a connection to these characters and these songs and they know it's like this unit and they find it really special to, uh, to hear it all together. It was, uh, you know, and then we have to go back and learn the songs that we haven't played. Yeah, 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 yeah. We have to rehearse them. <laughs> yeah. We forget yeah. them over time. What's fun is when we have the projection capabilities, we'll project the film yeah. uh, while we're playing the album. Yeah, it's like when you go see Star Wars with the, uh, <laughs> the orchestra playing behind it. Mm. Yeah, just like that. <laughs> yeah, like John Williams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so let's talk about your new song the floor is lava how did that come up <laughs> david <laughs> yeah i so i was teaching this class at hofstra that i don't normally teach with the first year first semester students and they had to create a board game it was one of the projects i had split them up into teams and they came up with some really great board games but one group of them came up with a, like a board game version of the floor is lava um, with this volcano that they had to move the pieces up and stuff and you could fall off. It was really cool. Because I hadn't honestly thought about the game for a long, like it wasn't something that was in my head, you know. But as soon as they made that game, the floor is lava idea was just kind of rattling around in my head. I never thought of making a song about it. And then suddenly it just, it was like, you know, something came up as like, well, I guess I'm writing a song about this now. <laughs> like something happened, you know. And, and then I was like, oh, this would make, every now and then a song will come that's, it's just like, oh, this is easy. And it just kind of, bleh, it just falls out, you know? And Flora's Lava was one of those. It probably took me no more than an afternoon to basically write the thing and pretty much intact. You know, we, I always bring, we bring songs in and we adjust them a little bit. There were some changes, you know, to the way it went. I remember those drum breaks, Bill and I going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth about what those were going to be, um, you know, and Bill was like coming up with stuff. I just remember... I actually had a certain thing in my mind. And then Bill was like, well, why don't I do this? And it was actually the opening of um, Rock and Roll by Led Zeppelin in that first one. And I was like, oh my God, that totally works. Okay, fine. Do whatever you like, <laughs> go, you know, yeah. 
a friend of ours, I think, listened to it because, you know, we post on socials and everything. Brand new song whenever anything's released. So he went and, and found it. and was like, oh, the floor is lava. I wonder if this is like an allegory for something or if this has a deeper meaning. And then he clicked into it and played. And he was like, nope, it's just about the game. Love yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, it's just about the game. Floor is lava. Yep. yep. <laughs> Do the students know what they inspired? Did you ever tell I think them? some oh. of them are in the video, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, because we shot the video at Hofstra and I was like, hey, guys, you know that game you made? Well, we wrote a song and I need help shooting the video. Who wants to join in? <laughs> so, um, yeah, the lighting designer for it was a student of mine and they showed up and lit it and then ended up being the girl on the couch in the video and jumping around and a bunch of them are in it. Yeah. So it was it was a it was fun to include everybody. Two of them in the video were actually part of the team that created the game. So, yeah, it was fun. Mm -hmm. Extra credit for them. Yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> no, no. Not in his class. <laughs> <laughs> no, Dave, I was in, in David's class when I was in college. I got a B minus. <laughs> That's right. I earned it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't give me a B minus. I earned a B minus. Cool. We're still friends. <laughs> <laughs> you have more new music coming out in November. Is that correct? And this is going to be originals. <laughs> Yes, we have an original song coming out in November, early November, um, called It's All Trash. We actually, uh, we might have, we might have gotten the bass and drum tracks down last night. It's a song we've been working on for a bit. We've played it live um, once now, and we're going to play it live uh, for the next few weeks in our, in our upcoming shows. But uh, in early November, yeah, we will have a new song, a new, a new single out called It's All Trash, uh, followed by more new music early next year, but also something in between. It's all trash and um, and the eventual release of our next EP, uh, Trash and Glamour. So it's all trash and fun. It's been fun to to work on these new songs. It's it's cool to get back into the writing new original music again. So we're pretty, I'm pretty excited about it. I think the rest of the band is too. I love the song and it is, um, it's fun because it's very different from The Floor is Lava. So it's very cool for me to be able to kind of hop between those two. And it's it's been a fun adventure kind of learning those and, and getting those like into my body, into muscle memory and just seeing how the crowds reacted to them so far before the EPs released. It's been wild. And you said uh, your birthday is in early November. Is that why you're releasing it in November? It seems to be a pattern. Like Return of Space Girl, I think, came out the day after my birthday. It's just kind of, I guess, like my gift to, <laughs> to this to music streaming universe of everything. I don't know. Accidental pattern, but I'm embracing it. I love it. What day is your birthday? November 3rd. Oh, that's my husband's birthday. My husband ah! is November 3rd. My brother is November 5th. I'm November 10th. And my nephew is November 12th. So we wow. have a lot of- Wow, you got to go shopping a lot in like one week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Wow. Nine months after Valentine's Day. Uh -huh. <laughs> oh. We're on to you, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> so we're in September. Is it too early to start decorating for Halloween? Not at all. Not at all. I have yes. very strong feelings about this. Nope. Halloween all year round. We have already started watching spooky movies and like my birthday is November 3rd. So it's right by Halloween. So I've just always been a Halloween person. It's a great time of year for me. I love it. Never too early. Usually sometime around like eh, October 31st, I'll go out and I'll buy a pumpkin and I'll put it <laughs> on the steps and I'll open the gate and I'll be like, hey, kids, come and get some candy. So 
David, I know you love Halloween because our, our bucket that we pull songs from during Twitch, we didn't say this earlier, but we also have like a random bucket that we'll pull random songs out of is your Halloween bucket. So I know. And I put it out every year on the front porch and then I bring it back in again. And then we're done. (laughs) Just filled with joy, David filled with joy for Halloween. Here's a pumpkin kids have some candy. At least you're not giving them raisins. Are you one of those folks who gives people raisins? So Okay. So when I, when I was in England, this is probably, this probably has a lot to do with it. When I first moved over there, my brother and I tried to go trick or treating and they do Halloween. Now they didn't used to, nobody knew what the hell we were doing. We'd show, we'd knock on their door and, you know, people used to collect for charities and stuff like that in England. And so we'd be like, trick or treat. Like, what, what are you collecting for? And then we tried to explain it to them. And then like, we got shooed away. We got water poured on us one house. So, so you're lucky you're getting a pumpkin. I also had to build elaborate uh, Halloween costumes for my children. And so now I'm just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of expectations put on costume designers around Halloween, and I'm just oh, like, hide. yeah, right. I go away and hide. <laughs> At least you don't like leave the door locked and the lights off on Halloween. No, you that's trouble. So yeah, yeah, that's trouble. You know, <laughs> I make an attempt. Yeah, it's a pumpkin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have uh, surveys that our uh, members of the resistance can take for points, and one of the questions right now is. Is it too early to decorate? And like 75% of people say it's not too early. But there is like 25% (laughs) that agree with you. We'll win them over. (laughs) The the wisdom of the crowds can often be wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess even the band, we've got like a 75-25 split right now. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Seems like an accurate representation. (laughs) It's a good sample size. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me today. Well, thank you. Thank you. We're going to listen to The Floor is Lava by Bad Mary right now on The Resistance. Woo!